podcast. I've hit the record button this time. Hello. So, yeah. We are welcome to Lex and Matt's excellent adventure. That's right. I didn't rap at Lex this time, everybody. I Thank I God. got your feedback from last episode, and by your, I mean Lex. I got your <laughs> feedback, and I'm not going to rap anymore. At least not on the podcast. No. By surprise, I'll I'll warn you before I rap next time. That gonna be doesn't. No, <laughs> that doesn't help. Man, I got three back scratches in this house, and none of them are near me right now, and that bothers me. Well, that's I, a you fucking problem. It, it really like. is. It truly is. And you, no, I mean technically it's an Amazon problem because they spoiled us, right? Like you can't just buy one of something. If it's a small something, it comes in packs of two or three. You can't just buy one phone charger yeah. for it anymore. You have to buy two of them. And then when you need the second one, you never know where you put it. So you got to order two more, right? My dad bought a pack of like phone chargers. And so I took like, I took them when I was, you know, going through his stuff or whatever. And I put one of them next to my bed. And now last night it didn't charge my phone. I think it's already fucking broken. He just bought them a couple months ago. Yeah. So thanks, yeah. Amazon. Thanks for Jeez. doing that to my dead dad. <laughs> it's a new record, folks. We're only a minute and a half into the show. You're welcome. This <laughs> is made it weird without yep. her dad already. All right, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> if you're still here. Yeah. Yep. Still, still, still uh, telling dark jokes. Still can't find my back scratcher. So I'm real irritable right now. We are. Um, I'm about to roll around because you know I got Legos over here. <laughs> you know, I'm about to just spill out some Legos on the floor and roll around on them because my back is just like a motherfucker right now. <laughs> I feel like that might actually be nice. <sighs> like, like you know how people step on those like weird mats uh-huh. that are supposed to help their feet? I don't know. And like pressure points and everything. Yeah, that's legit. That that yeah. actually, yeah, that stuff. I totally believe in that. There's some type of form of, 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 of medicine. That, like acupuncture. Uh, yeah, it's like a, a a small form of acupuncture, specifically for the soles of your feet. And it's supposed to be like, it's supposed to have different effects on you depending on where you put the pressure. And it, it oh, yeah, I believe it too. It makes sense. Like yeah. nerves and everything all attached to each other. I mean, that's why we all love Crocs, right? You know, we got those going. No, I do not love Crocs. You're not a Croc fan? No. Oh, Absolutely no. not. No. Oh, no. Caitlin's not either. Gonna, we do not have Crocs. Why are you anti-Croc? Have you seen what Crocs look like? Absolutely. I've seen them on the foot on the feet of many an American. And I, as one of those Americans that actually has a pair of Crocs on right now, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, they are the most comfortable thing I've ever put on my feet. Yeah. I used to be like you. That's right. I used to say, what the fuck are those like flotation device looking shits on people's feet all the time? And then Crocs went away. But then you know who held on to it? A coworker of mine. He was an older gentleman and he swore by Crocs. And I appreciated this man's work so much. And this is a true story. I actually bought him a pair of Crocs because I saw his wearing out and I knew he was on hard times. I knew that he was going through some familial trouble. So I'm like, all right, my man... You deserve to have comfortable feet all day. And then I go, you know what? If it's good enough for this guy, maybe it's good enough for me. So I try to pair on it. You know what, Lex? I never look back. I never look back. Yeah. My dad had some. My brother has them. My nieces, nephews, and like have them. Uh, friends have them. Lots of people yeah. have them. I do not. I and shall that not. To our first story of the night. That's right. It's I like shoes too much. I like, I, I am very weird about shoes. I can't do it. I can't. You are allowed to have your preference, but I yes. will not let you besmirch the good name of Crocs because these are some comfortable some bitches. But, sure. but that does lead us to our first story. Our first story. Crocs has paired with, <laughs> paired. Crocs <laughs> has teamed up with uh, Mischief. And you know how Mischief had that big red boot that looked like it belonged on Astro Boy? No, I don't know. No. Okay, let me look at so the picture. Is it in the let article? Me, let me back it up. Let me back it up a little bit because it's yeah. not in the notes. But this was a this was a, a viral thing that happened a couple of months ago. Okay. Uh, the, the company Mischief, which is known for putting out some wild Willy Wonka-esque. <laughs> oh, I looked them up. Okay. Yeah, this yeah. is terrible. 
they do some they do some wild things. Now that we can agree on. Those boots were neither comfortable looking nor functional looking. Oh no, I'm seeing the, the Crocs crossover. Oh well, no. That's, like, that's exactly where I was going. So to, <gasps> to fill everybody else in that may not be aware, Mischief released these big red boots that look like they belong on the Astro Boy uh um anime character from from way, way back in the 60s and 70s. And people they glommed onto them. People loved them. So Crocs said, we want some of that action. And they decided to team up to make the big yellow Croc. That's right. So we now have Croc heels. We have mischief Croc boots, which, you know, those little things that people put inside of them. I learned this week that they're called giblets. And you can, somebody on the Crocs uh, TikTok page put charcuterie giblets in those Croc boots. So they had a full cheese plate a full wine glass and some other stuff going on in there. It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm. Have you ever contemplated the possibility that hell is not real and we're actually in it? <laughs> Every day. Every, Every day. day. The other Crocs related story, because there's two, there's two Crocs related story. Now this one is this a little is bit not going to become a Crocs podcast. I'm just Crocs telling you. Cast. We're Sorry. not gonna do. We're not gonna take their foot. Well, we'll take their money. But that's <laughs> I, I. I am not even gonna pretend I'm not a whore and wouldn't take Crocs money. I just won't like take the product. You know. <laughs> Next week you're gonna what be if, like, did you ever hear about the comfort and and just flexibility? Yeah, I was gonna say next week. What if we cut to me and I'm like, I I have like all Crocs gear on. I like Garth, and I'm like, oh it's just really sad. <laughs> yeah. Just doing my sponsorship. Anyway, yeah. they're not paying us. Continue. They're not. they're not. So they've also teamed up. Now, this one was kind of like a stealth drop sort of thing. They teased what time it would happen, but I signed up, and I never actually got a, a notification because I know people who like Crocs. I know somebody that would want these. So. Yeah. To stop teasing you, Pop-Tarts teamed up with Crocs to come out with a Pop-Tarts-themed Croc, pair of Crocs. These Crocs come in a box, a regular shoebox, but inside the shoebox is a, you know, the the famous Pop-Tarts foil bag that Pop-Tarts come oh, in. Oh, that's cool. You open the bag, pair of Crocs in there. What else is in there? A box of Pop-Tarts. What's What comes with those box of Pop-Tarts? Little giblets. The little giblets that you put in the crust, but they're gummies. So you can put them on top of the Pop-Tart. What are those giblets shaped like? Well, they're shaped like little crocs, of course. So it's just an inception of cross-branding all within this oh, box. That's, that's very smart. It's yeah. crafty. And you know what? Brands are getting craftier about doing this sort of thing. I saw a partnership also this week of some type of crocheted purse bag, you know, merce, whatever you want to call it, um, thing. It was a crossover between this this company and Cheetos, but specifically Cheetos Mac and Cheese. Okay. So it was in a different color of the of the mac and cheese varieties they have. So they had a flaming hot, they had a cheddar, and they had a jalapeno. Okay. And I'm like, man, that's just really a specific group of people that would want that. But here I am going like, oh, I need these Pop-Tarts Crocs. I got to get them. So I'm a very particular person <laughs> for that crossover. Them? I didn't. Okay. I didn't. So get this. They offered them today, tomorrow, and like a week from now, I think. I think that's the schedule of the rollout. And it's just so random. So they're trying to, they're almost trying to make a shortage of them on purpose. Yeah. And it's, it's I... frustrating. I feel your pain because I was trying to get Taylor Swift tickets. Well, that's a little bit more of a wider appeal because, as you know, she is fueling our economy right now. Yeah, I'm not even being ironic. Another album. Guys, since we've recorded, she Uh, has released an album. Yes. And now she's putting out another album. But it's a re-record, right? It's it's her. It is a uh, re-recording, but it doesn't. I mean, she had to go record an entire album, and she had vault tracks, which are. You know, she has to record those too. So from the vault, yes. From the vault, yeah. So for those, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna do a sandwich here. So you mentioned Taylor dropped some yeah. new music. I'm also gonna mention that there's a track out that caught me by surprise. I didn't know this was even happening, but apparently, um, 
Queen Latifah, De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest put out a track called Buddy, and mm-hmm. it's on Spotify. I don't know anything else about it. I know that, you know, um, De La Soul and, and Tribe lost some pivotal members to the group fairly recently. Yeah. So I'm I'm surprised that they got together on the track at all. It may be old. It may be from Vault, like you said. Yeah. It may be just uh, something they did for fun, just to kind of like say, hey, what's up? But uh, I'm going to look more into it, and I'll report back. Yeah, I could see yeah. that. Like, just like a, you know, after that, like, just coming together and being like, all right, let's do something for fun. Right, exactly. So... I mean, shout out to all them. I'm I'm gonna give it another listen because like I just kind of heard it. It was on some some Discover playlist, and I'm like, what year did this come out? Because I never heard that song. I'm like, Queen Latifah didn't do any music with De La Soul and Tribe. What's Tribe doing with De La Soul on the same track? And sure enough, it was this year. So I got to get back. Has, I gotta check it out. Yeah, has Queen Latifah put out music for a while? Because I don't. I don't think I don't so. Remember her do- like other so. than like you know she's she's pivoted towards you know acting and. She's done musicals, but yeah. Yeah, there's a new documentary that um, just came out on Netflix, actually. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I really do want to check it out. And she's a big part of it. It's called Ladies First, The Story of Women in Hip Hop. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to watch that. That sounds great. I've seen a few documentaries about, like, you know, the story of hip hop. It's, of course, like the 50th anniversary of, like, just hip hop in general. Right. Right. this year. So there's a lot of celebrations going on, a lot of documentaries and and retrospectives and that sort of thing. But even before that, you know, people always want to tell the story. They talk about Cool Herc, they talk about uh, Grandmaster Flash, they talk about all these other pivotal figures in hip hop. But in my opinion, Queen Latifah gets overlooked quite a bit. So I'm excited to see this one because it is named after one of her songs. She's in the preview image. So she is definitely a big part of this. I'm, I'm very yeah. much looking forward to this. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So that was our hip hop corner. We can talk about Taylor a little bit more. Cause I have questions. Right? Oh yeah. What are your questions? All right. So <laughs> as a newbie to this whole Taylor Swift thing. Okay. All right. So when she sings, new versions when she does Taylor versions of these older songs, does she like put a new twist on them or is she really trying to recreate the exact sound that she had at that time? There are little variations to it. Um, And I, and I think that's for like the copyright purpose, but it's, it's pretty much the same. Like it, like it's, it's different, but it's the same. So, Hmm. um, but yeah, by doing this, she's, she is, you know, circumventing she the- has, yeah so so shake it off is one of her big hits right that's going to be on this 1989 that she's re-recording now yeah. she she re-records the song and then she calls it shake it off per- parenthetical taylor's version that mm-hmm. changes it and she owns copyright to that um and and kelly clarkson came up with this idea and told her to do this shout out to kelly clarkson All right. yeah yeah so Clarkson has just repeatedly proven herself to be like the like clutch winner of one of these singing competitions, you know? Yeah. One of the really fun things about the re-recording is if you listen to, especially the older records, if you listen to her doing them now, you know, it's the difference between a, you know, an 18 year old and uh, what she's, she's 32. I think, I think she's like a year or two older than me, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool hearing like the difference in her voice in all these years. I didn't become a Taylor Swift fan until 1989. Like when that album came out, like that's when I really started listening to her. I, I, I fully admit I was not like an original fan or anything like that. So, mm. <laughs> uh, I don't know as much, I don't know as much as everyone else, but I've loved her since 1989. Okay. Okay. So 2014. That's cool. Like, yeah. And that seems so like, recent but yeah when you put it like that that is quite a while ago yeah man you know when you brought up kelly clarkson it made me think like who who would you consider to be the most successful singing competition participant who was, oh who kelly was, clarkson uh, for sure yeah but you know I, I adam lambert is one i would think would be second maybe because he's like sings with queen now and stuff adam lambert oh yeah yeah but i mean okay all right that's a fair point and I, I'll definitely give you that. Adam Lambert, he did make a big splash 
um, mm-hmm. you know, after he was on, I believe, American Idol. And I then, so, yeah. uh, you know, of course, joining up with Queen. Yeah. But since then, I haven't really heard much about him outside of that. Um, what I didn't what I didn't take into consideration, though, is like if you go back as far as Star Search, you could even make a case that Alanis Morissette is the uh, the biggest name to come from that. But that almost well, feels like, you know? I mean, if you're going back into things like that, you could say Britney Spears. You could say, like, you can, right. you know, I, I thought you were talking about, like, the modern ones, like American Idol to present, because that relaunched this, you know, new age of it. But yeah, Alanis Morissette's a good one. Right, right. There, I mean, there are a lot of people who, you know, went on those Star Search and things like that. And then if you want to get super technical, I would almost say Jennifer Hudson, but Jennifer Hudson didn't win her season of American Idol. She's gotten a lot of success. You can't argue that. She didn't, but Oscar winner. So yeah, I think she got the better deal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, She won when it mattered. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I guess Beyonce was on Star Search as well. Well, Oh, I didn't know that. It was a weird time between like Star Search and Mickey Mouse Club. I saw yeah. so many of these like big acts coming up, but all those children annoyed me at the time. Like, right? Because I mean, they're kids. They they're at that age where they are annoying. That makes and sense. And they're Disney kids too. Yeah. You know that that's even worse. I was a Kids Incorporated kid. Like that was uh, that was my level because they didn't have that sheen of just oh we got to keep it super PG or super G rated. I didn't. I was too Disney young channel. for any of that stuff. I didn't watch any of it. Oh yeah, yeah. I, and I was forced to watch it because my uh, my cousins who were older than me had control of television at all times. That makes so sense. Yeah. I wanted to watch cool stuff like He Man and Thundercats, but no. We had to watch singing competitions and dancing competitions. <laughs> I I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> no, that's really funny. That's really funny. Why? Why is that funny? Why is my pain and suffering funny to you? Why is it amusing? Because it is. I don't have All to right. explain myself. That's fair. All right. <laughs> So this has been uh, Taylor Cast, um, yeah. Crocs Cast, followed by Taylor Cast, followed by the uh, the Righteous Gemstone Cast. So you've been watching it now. Yeah, I was late for this podcast <laughs> because I was finishing an episode. Yeah, I have. I'm in season three already. Holy shit! I mean, those yeah. seasons are short. I'll, I'll, I'll admit yeah, they that. are short. Um, yeah. So we're yeah we're in season three. It's great. I I yeah. had seen when we. Rewatched it. I had seen, I think, like four or five episodes of okay. it. So about yeah. a half a season. That's all, though. Um, and I, I think it just keeps getting better. And um, I, I think Kayla was telling, I, I think it was Kayla was telling me that like they just want to keep it going forever. Like Danny McBride's like, I'm going to keep doing this as long as they'll let me, kind of thing. It's funny because this is the longest um, show he's had now. Uh, especially with the uh, with the announcement no, of the uh, the renewal, Danny McBride. East, Eastbound and Down ran for quite a few years, didn't it? I th- it was only three seasons. Like I think he took some long breaks because he was doing some movies in there. But oh, Eastbound and Down was three. Vice Principals was four. And oh, now Eastbound, this is four. Eastbound was four seasons. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So it'll it'll tie then with the next yeah. season coming up. Um, but yeah, this one has legs. The other two shows without giving too much away because I've seen them both. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other two had a very limited idea where it was like, okay, he has to get to this point or else that's it. There's no more story to tell. And if he does, if he does get to that point, then the story's over anyway. So this show is, yeah, there's limitless potential on this show. (laughs) Yeah. And I was really happy that it, it survived like, you know, COVID and everything like that because it started in August of yeah. 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and then second season premiered. I'm looking second season premiered January, 2022. And then this new season premiered June of this year and mm. they just renewed it again. So like it went off the air for a while there. I think, uh, yeah. And again, I think that's to kind of give him some time to do some movie work. Like, we touched on it a couple weeks ago. Man, this is the third week in a row we're talking about Danny McBride. But we talked about it a couple weeks ago that he's he's the writer on a lot of those Halloween movies. So, you yeah, know. I thought that I thought that that break was also just due to, um, like to world. COVID. 
Yeah. 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 I mean, probably more than likely that too. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the writer strike is affecting this, but you know, we'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, my, everything's my, being affected by it, so it will. It's just a question of when will it end, and yeah, you know. My MVP of the show is Judy. Judy Gemstone She's so is funny. The best thing about that show, straight up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I sent you that picture of her signature, and it, yes, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, like, I was like, I'm going to start doing this. <laughs> like she runs a church. How is she signing her autographs? Like that? Why is she signing autographs at all? It's like there's just so much unbelievable stuff that happens. You can't hardly explain it, but. Um, it almost feels like it's in the same vein as always, always sunny because they have this yeah. just filthy cast that says all this crazy shit, but then they have like the, uh, the, the senior person on the show who's been on some, you know, sitcoms over the years and John okay. Goodman, yeah. just like always sunny has Danny DeVito. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I can see the parallel yeah. here. Um, and I feel like Danny McBride has really matured. Him and his staff that uh, help write the show, um, Jody Hill, as well. Like I feel like they've matured since Eastbound and Down to put on like a, a show of this caliber. So yeah, it's interesting I, to see their evolution. I think it's great. Uh, it's really, really well done. It's very <laughs> insightful to you know evangelicalism and all that. <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I can see people being offended by it, you know, and not wanting oh, to sure. watch it. But well, I think those people shouldn't be watching HBO anyway. It's the devil. You shouldn't be it's watching true. that. What are you, what's true. wrong with you? It's, it's in fact it airs on Sunday night. What are you doing? Not concentrating on the Lord on this day. What are you doing? So Don't true. watch righteous gemstones. <laughs> wow. So you touched on the strike. Of course, that's the only thing that some uh, entertainment websites are reporting on right now outside of complete conjecture and guessing. If you are a comic book content site right now, you are just in the mud because you have nothing to talk about. Yeah. All of these sites are really annoying right now. They're struggling. It's top 10 reasons why Superman is keen. Like what the (laughs) fuck? Like, what is this? What is this listicle? What are you doing here? It's just, it's, it's, anyway, that's beside the point. What I was going to say is that there's good news on the horizon, tentatively. (laughs) The Writers Guild is set uh, to have new negotiations with studios and streamers on August 11th. That's right. By the time you hear this, we should have some progress or a definitive continuation of the strike itself. So the WGA informed members on Thursday um, that the AMPTP requested a meeting in response to the guild's proposals that were outlined on August 4th on their pre-talk to have a talk. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're in the we're not dating, we're just talking phase, and now they're about to start courting. So we'll see if they actually do make a love connection, which I mean, I hope that these motherfuckers get paid what they deserve. I know. And I really hope it happens soon because people are out of work. You know, I know people who are out of work right now. Um, So it's just, uh, it's, it's scary for a lot. You know, we think of big actors and stuff like that, big, you know, people, but most people are just working. They're paycheck to paycheck, just like, so many other Americans. So hopefully this will be resolved. And like you said, they'll get paid and everyone can go back to work. Right. And they're still making sacrifices by going out there and picketing because nobody lives right next to universal. Nobody lives right next to Netflix. Nobody. uh, Well, most people don't know. Nobody does. It's just, it's, it's totally a different part of town. If you've ever been, it's just so far away from where, you know, these big time celebrities would live. Um, So they're still going out of their way to get there. And, you know, it's from the top down too. I read a story the other day that was discussing the entire town is suffering because of these strikes. Because not only are actors and writers not working, but you have catering services, you have uh, rideshare drivers, you have 
just people who run stores all around there who don't have any customers because there's nobody working. Yeah. Nobody's getting lunch. So they Yeah, it, really it affects the entire economy. Yep. Yeah. So hopefully this gets resolved soon. I mean, all fucking Bill Iger or Bob Iger has to do is just peel off a million bucks off of his bonus and just make it go away. No, instead he's raising the prices of Netflix or not Netflix of Hulu and um, Disney Plus. It's a real dirty business. It's, it's real it's like dirty business. It's like nineteen dollars for Hulu now, and they're going to start password protecting it. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Not only Hulu, but Disney Plus as well. They're, know, they're all. I'm going to be down. honest. I can I can get rid of Disney Plus and be okay. Like, I can lose Disney Plus too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's okay. Like that's okay. Um, but fucking Hulu, I use all the time. And longtime listeners remember, we were big on Disney Plus. We were excited yeah. to get into that content. We signed up for a whole year when they yeah. first started up because they had a deal going on, and you know we wanted to we wanted to see it from start and everything like that. Yeah. And sure, they have a lot of good content on there, but you know the way that they roll out their shows, it's similar to how HBO does. They have one big show at a time. They run that out, and then yeah. they start the new one, and so they're just kind of stringing you along, and you. It's it's more obvious when it's Disney Plus because Disney Plus doesn't have that same deep bench that HBO has to make you stick around and go, oh, I didn't check this out I, before. Right. You know? I would say that for me, it's it's Hulu and HBO are the best streaming services. Mm, okay. Just like, on my. You use Hulu the way that I use YouTube TV, so yeah. I get why you would say Hulu. Um, well, I don't have Hulu TV though, like the live thing or whatever. Right. But it's still that next day thing. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. But you're not watching any live sports or no. wrestling. So, no. you know, I, I watch wrestling three, four times a week. So, right. <laughs> right, so you, you got to get that somewhere. I got to get that somewhere and Hulu doesn't have it. So I, I stick with YouTube TV. Um, I got to say for that reason, that and like, my antenna that I have uh, anywhere I put in my place, it never gives me a clear reception. So I have to use some type of cable service in order That's to get nice. like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, antennas it's, feel like a crapshoot now. Like it's, it's pretty much not great. <laughs> no, <laughs> like she's going to find it. She's going to find it. There it is. Okay. That's we, okay. um, yeah, so we just end up having to use YouTube TV for that. But second place, I think the most the, the one that I use the most is probably um Netflix. I got to say, still Netflix. Yeah, I've used Netflix a little bit more lately, but there've definitely been times where I haven't used it at all. Um we subscribe to it, but like I, you know, I could see us pausing it and going back and forth, you know. Yeah. Like every now and then they'll put out a good a good movie like they clone Tyrone is a fantastic yeah. uh, picture. Or a documentary. Let's throw a documentary that'll just pull me in. Yeah, Untolds are good. Um, you know, the British Bake Off stuff is just clutch. Yeah. Uh, is it cake? I mean, <laughs> just stupid stuff like that too. And of course, like you know, when when it comes to um, like uh, South Korean and and like uh, just. Um, other stuff like that like you're not gonna find that anywhere else with yeah the proper captions you need to enjoy it so it's just yeah. rough because like spotify raised their prices and now they're doing like and now it's now it's hulu and disney plus like i said okay disney plus i can cut that but like it's just it's it's ridiculous like yeah and i feel like they would get i feel like they would get a little smidgen of goodwill if they said we're raising the prices so we can afford to pay these people more. No, like that would yeah. make me feel a little bit better about it. I'd probably still have to cancel it, but at least I would be conflicted, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I still wouldn't feel better about it because I'm like, I know you have more than enough to pay them already. Right. I mean, real, real G's know that's just a deflection anyway, yeah. because they're trying to make it seem like they're the good guy, you know, and they're paying these greedy writers and actors what they, well, the funny part is they for. could do that and they're not even doing that. They're just raising the prices. They're just raising them just because, yeah, that's all. I love when companies do stuff like this. They're like, the economy's hard. Like it's bad. I'm like, who do you think it's bad? The worst on. 
Right. Oh, we got to tell these investors that we're going to raise our, our fucking profit next uh, next quarter. Who cares? I've never understood that. Why does why does profit have to be exponential, like exponentially higher? Why can't it just be consistent? It's just all a bubble. It's gonna it's like gonna as long hurt. as you're not in the red. Why is it not fine? Yeah, yeah, but hey, that's modern society for you. So we're still we're still in the corner of the writers and the uh, the actors. There have been um, successes with strikes that have happened recently, like with the UPS drivers. They're basically making six figures now. Uh, on the new deal that they they got so you know shout out to them um and there is inspiration happening as well we talked about the um the voice actors uh, yeah. possibly forming a union having discussions about that um the vfx artists specifically the ones that work on the marvel movies are going to start a union as well they announced today good. so yeah good for them because that burnout is real you know, it's not just video game studios that go through that. It's it's these VFX studios. And, you know, anytime you see something that looks a little wonky, like the last hour of The Flash or something like that, you know, these folks are still working hard, but they're under time crunch and they have to tu- they have to turn in what they have, basically. So that's the that's the world they're living in. Yeah, they're tired. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, man. We have some sad the, notes here. Yeah, I know. Well, it, it's bittersweet, but did you hear about the Red Dead Redemption uh, re-release? Is it official? It's official, but the reason I say, yeah, yeah, you, you, you get the, you get the tone, you get the tone of my voice. It's kind of bittersweet because the first thing you do is you remember the uh, Grand Theft Auto remaster that came out recently from Grove Street Games. Yeah. That was just a glorified um, re-release of the mobile version of the Grand yeah. Theft Auto games like uh, Vice City and, and San Andreas. Uh-huh. Super glitchy, super terrible, still garbage, but you know what? People were just clamoring to play those and they were disappointed. So Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 1, um, it's not the... It's not as much disappointment, but it's still a pretty substantial hit. So this is not going to be a remaster. It's not going to be an HD upgrade or anything like that. It's simply going to be a release of the same game that you already played, including the Undead Redemption uh, DLC, the Undead Nightmare DLC uh, for the Nintendo Switch and the PS4. So... The PS4 version, of course, you'll be able to play on PS5 as well because it's backwards compatible. Okay. Yeah. I, I That actually does appeal to me, I will say. Because the cool. idea of if it if it's get, gets good reviews, there's no wonky shit as far as the port on um, the Switch. That sounds like it'd be a fun Switch game to play. Like Rockstar games on the Switch sound great to me. A big open world, you can go fuck around. Um, you know, while I'm watching a show or something, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Um, if it works, is, I doubt it will. <laughs> if it right, right. So they've already they've already got our mistrust with that San with that San Andreas bullshit. Yeah. Um, the the other thing is too. I mean, the game came out on PS3 and Xbox 360 years ago. Mm-hmm. So Xbox owners already have access to this because the Xbox 360 version is still backwards compatible. That's right. Xbox keeps building on that same framework. So everything from Xbox 360 up, you could still play on your most recent Xbox console. Even some Xbox. Oh my God. They're going to charge $50 for this. Oh, fuck that. That's the other shoe. It's a ridiculous ass for people to pay that much money for a game that was released in 2010. Sure. It's celebrated. It had a sequel. But the last straw, the thing that's really got under people's skin about this is it's not even going to have the online multiplayer. People were excited because that was a mm. fun online multiplayer. And they took the servers down years ago. Obviously, it's a game that came out in 2010, so nobody was playing it anymore. But some folks were considering getting back in there. And now they don't have that option. 50 bucks for a game and its original DLC. When you can no get way. stuff like Injustice 2 for 20 bucks. And we've been spoiled recently by the recent releases of Metroid Remastered, uh, Resident Evil 4, that remaster yeah. that came out. Great remaster. And I, think, 
I think back to even like 2017 when the DuckTales remaster came out that completely redid the artwork, mm-hmm. put in voice acting, and gave a real ending to the story of the game with brand new music recorded for it. It was it was like, why are we so spoiled? And that game was only like 25, 30 bucks. So yeah. <laughs> Rockstar is really trying to milk its fan base. Yeah, still I no sign of GTA six in sight. Uh, that yeah, that's a pass for me. Um, you know, if it gets really good reviews and then it's like twenty bucks down the line, maybe. But yeah. that's bullshit. Yeah, they're not getting more than twenty bucks out of me. But even then, I still have the original for Xbox, so I can just pop that in, right. no problem. I and I, you know, I'm a little bit like reluctant to possibly play that too because I've played Red Dead Redemption two more recently you know, just playing around with it. And it's like, that game is so good and so well crafted that, you know, you're going to be going backwards. That's hard unless they remastered it. You know, that's really difficult. Yeah, it is. And they don't seem like they're going to do that. So I don't know. It's just a cash grab, I think. Yeah. Sounds like it. That sucks. Play Roblox kids, make your own game. (laughs) Yeah. Anywho. You said my notes are depressing. Now I can't remember what they were. Oh, oh. People died. People died. Dale Gribble died. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, some unfortunate news, of course. Um, Johnny Hardwick, the voice actor behind Dale Gribble, uh, passed away. We just learned about this today. Yeah. Yeah. So the news is still coming in. Um, There's really no indication of how he passed, but... Um, some folks are worried about him and this is from TMZ. Uh, they did a wellness check just to mm-hmm. see if he was okay. And unfortunately they found him. He was 64 years old. Do uh, we know the cause of death? No, no, they haven't said anything yet. That's, but I mean, he was just so iconic to that character. He even liked to, uh, go on YouTube from time to time and, uh, sing songs as Dale Gribble, uh, just yeah. playing around just cause he liked you know, apparently he really loved playing that character. So um, I'm sad that he probably wasn't able to do it again either. I doubt they've done anything for the new King of the Hill. Yeah. So, yeah. Know, he was set to come back, but I don't think that's how do you even come back without Dale? Like he's such a big part of that show. Exactly. They just can't write him off, you know, like that- you can, you can get away with not having Brittany Murphy on it. It's hard, but you know, you can do it. You can not have her character. You can just have Luann be like off screen or whatever, but like not having Dale. Right. That's yeah. As much as I grew to enjoy that show, I do think they waited too long to, to do anything like a reunion or something like that. I think they just did not act on it soon enough. Obviously, I, you know, I like the concept though. Cause like the concept is that it's going to, they're going to age in real time. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's really funny and interesting. Mm-hmm. It's 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 fine. I mean, it's just sometimes you feel like this is something I enjoyed of that time, and so much time passed. It's like you're not even the same person you were when you enjoyed it the first time around. No, that's true. I look at something like Clone High, for example. They bought back Clone High briefly. Well, I don't know if it's briefly, but it got another season on uh, HBO Max when it was still HBO Max. Uh, same cast and everything, and they 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 gave it a good try. Um, because of course being an MTV animated series, uh, from the two thousands, you know, it was, there's some things didn't age well at all, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and they made changes to the show to kind of address that. And it was funny, but it wasn't really just as, as, uh, captivating as it was way back then. And like I said, I'm a different person now, so maybe it latched on with somebody else, but you know, you wait too long and that nostalgia just kind of wanes after a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I am usually in favor of just let it go. Don't do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and now especially I'm like, ah, I don't think they should. I mean, there's so many new ideas. I'd love to see Mike Judge come up with another series, you know, after all this time, something that's really given time to develop and not just, oh yeah, he wrote this idea down on the napkin and we at Fox decided to give it a whole series, but it's written by some other guys you don't care about. No, give him his own show. <laughs> yeah. I just, hope he does. I would love to see him do another grounded heartfelt show like King of the Hill. 
Cause that's, yeah. that's the thing that I think some of his other shows that are brilliant, like, mm-hmm. you know, Silicon Valley is brilliant. There are right. these, these other creations that he's made. Um, but they, they don't have that. That part is missing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And as much as, as, as big as Beavis and Butthead was yeah. when it was around, like the first time, there's no way they ever will recapture that magic. And that's, I mean, you can even look at something as simple as the fact that they made fun of music videos. Who's watching music videos anymore? Mm-hmm. It yeah. just is not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think some shows like that just, it's like you said, it's the nostalgia and then it starts to wear off and you're like, all right. I'm looking forward to the Dick Tracy reboot. He's got this thing called a two way wrist radio. Oh it allows him to talk to anyone Who is anywhere. Even for? <laughs> Warren Beatty fans. I don't know. <laughs> Lord, moving on. Moving on. So we also lost uh, Robbie Robertson. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's uh, a name you're familiar with, but yes. he was um, the the lead of the band. So yeah. basically, uh, he was their their primary songwriter and lead guitarist. If you've ever seen the documentary The Last Waltz. You know who yeah. I'm talking about. This, that documentary, that was like nothing else I'd seen before. You know, I, <laughs> this, this whole thing was just Southern fried any way you look at it. And it just from top to bottom, it was just like this down home vibe, you know, the good old boys and all that stuff. And it just appealed to that demographic so hardcore. They hit that note exactly right. These were professionals. These were men who loved music so much. They just called themselves the band. Yeah. And toured with all these big name celebrities all throughout their career. And at the front of all that was Robbie Robertson. And uh, he loved what he did. He was 80 years old when he passed away. What I didn't know, what I, what I thought was very interesting is that he actually worked uh, pretty closely with, um, was it Martin Scorsese? Yes. Yes, they collaborated together quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, on a lot of his, um, a lot of his movie uh, soundtracks, they work together. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a that's a huge loss. I know he was um, older and everything like that, but yeah, it's it's really sad. Yeah, it truly is. It truly <laughs> is. So that's a big loss right there. Um, and then, of course, uh, Chicago's own DJ Casper, who is the creator of the Casper Slide. You know, cha-cha, cha-cha now, y'all. Cha-cha, real smooth, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he passed away uh, August 7th uh, after a long battle with cancer. I, I think he kept it quiet as well. We hear that a lot lately. That really sucks. Yeah, yeah. Circling back to the, I wanted to verify this before I said it because I wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong about it. You know, Martin Scorsese directed The Last Waltz, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I I forget about that detail, but yeah, you're exactly right. But yeah, um, Um, you posted about that, uh, you know, him passing away in the Discord. Um, Yeah, yeah. He passed away and, um, you know, it's... It's interesting because he, every wedding basically uh, you've been to, they yeah. put on Casper Slide. Oh, yeah. That's he will just, haunt us for the rest of time. <laughs> in the best way possible. Yep. He even showed up in the last season of um, Orange is the New Black. He was a hallucination or something like that. And, uh, you uh, know, bold of you to assume I watched, I kept watching Orange is the New Black. Oh, you gave up on once, it? Once they did, once they killed, oh, yeah. Okay. Once they killed mm-hmm. that character, I was yep. done. I, ne- yeah, I never, I would, it never recovered for me. I, I couldn't heart, do it. I watched the season. And I was like, ugh. My heart checked out at that point too. Yeah, but, I watched the riot. Yeah, most of that season, I was like, I can't do this anymore. They yeah. shifted the whole show. She that that creator does that shit. Oh, she you're absolutely right. Oh, weeds, weeds was never the same. I hated the last half of weeds, but I don't want to get into that right now. I want to talk about DJ Casper. Yeah, um, a good friend of mine. Not a good friend of mine, but somebody, an acquaintance, uh, 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 someone who I wish well here in Chicago, Samantha Chapman. She works for ABC7. She used to work at my job, the anonymous day job. 
um, she got a chance to interview DJ Casper uh, in May, and they played her segment on Dateline uh, after he passed. And uh, I'm just real proud of her because you know she at one point she she at one point didn't know what she wanted to do uh, for a living, and now she's an anchor over at ABC Seven. And I'm just real proud of her because she she came so far, mm-hmm. um, and she got to really document um, DJ Casper's life. And just give him his flowers while he was still here. That's and, cool. You know, just talk to him about how much Chicago loved him, how big a part of Chicago he he is and will always be. Um, so yeah, I mean, we <laughs> these 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 legends of Chicago music are getting older and older, and we're losing them. So uh, I'm glad that we're able to show this level of respect and admiration and love uh, for these people while they're still around. Yeah, agreed. That's yeah. that's how it should be to give, like mm-hmm. you said, give them their flowers while they're here, while they're with us. Yeah, uh, some artists never get that, and it's really, really sad. It's true. It's true. So, uh, rest in peace to all of these individuals, and uh, you know, we wish their families and friends well. Man, we're losing some good ones this year for real. You know, and it just. Uh, it's gotta we gotta appreciate the effect that they had on our lives and just keep on remembering them. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Anyway. Let's talk about let's talk about milk chugger. Why are we bringing this up? I could barely handle it within our conversation. Because the world needs to know. They need to know the penalty. They need to know the ramification. The punishment does not fit the crime. It absolutely fits the crime. You don't go to some... Listen. All right. Okay. Tell people what happened very... Like, I I don't... Yeah. Go ahead. A real estate agent was fined $20,000 for chucking a container of milk in a seller's home. He just chugged someone's milk in their home. Buy them a new thing of milk. <laughs> if I found out that some dude who was trying to sell my house chugged a bunch of milk from uh-huh. my house, I'd be like, that's fucking weird, dude. But okay, yeah. get us new milk. Lex. It's It wasn't sexual or anything. It, it might as well have been. He Why? put his mouth on the milk jug and put it back in the refrigerator and didn't tell them. That I is mean, nasty. That is nasty. That is nasty. I don't like that. But I don't think it's worth $20,000. I think it's worth more. I don't know where his mouth has been. I don't know this man from Jack. Listen, let me well, read this story. The real mistake is someone drinking milk. Anyway. Oh, According to North Shore News, Mike Rose arrived at a house in 2022 to show potential buyers. He eventually became thirsty, thirsty, and searched for something to drink in the fridge. He couldn't find water. Couldn't find. He couldn't find water, but settled on drinking milk straight from the container. The sellers found out about Rose's thirst-quenching venture when they looked over video footage from a security camera hidden inside the house. Super Rose had weird. apparently not asked the sellers if he could drink the milk, nor did he offer to replace it after. On the super final weird. day, I, super fucking weird. Super weird. On, on the final day of the house's showing. The sellers asked Rose if he had anything he wanted to share with them. That's also fucking weird to me. (laughs) Why are they setting him up like he's a child? Rose allegedly replied, the milk, according to the consent order. So he knew. He knew that he was wrong. He knew he was bogus for that. Yeah. The sellers then barred Rose from ever returning to their property and subsequently released the footage of him drinking the milk online. And then he got fined by who? So this all happened in British Columbia. Okay. That's the part that this this article doesn't so mention. The I milk was in article. a bag. <laughs> you said what? The milk was in a bag. I just wanted to provide some context. That's right. We saw the video. And yeah. apparently they they have milk in bags in Canada. I don't know. That's that's already strange. But yeah, they got loonies, toonies, milks in bags over there. So um, apparently 
if you do something like this in British Columbia, they, they take this very seriously. Um, and he was fined $20,000 on top of that. He, he caught another fine. Yeah. Yeah. He caught another $2,500 fine and enforcement expenses. Okay. So don't, don't do that. If you go to somebody's house and the part that bothers me too, is he goes, he couldn't find anything else to drink. And there's a, there's a, there's a sink in the kitchen. What? Yeah. I mean, it's weird. I don't get it. I, I understand the family being like, what the fuck? But I, $20,000 is a lot of money. Like that's a lot of money for that circumstance. To be fair. I don't think it was like they sued him for 20 grand. I think it's like, he violated some type of code. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm very curious to hear what others think. Does it like, does the punishment fit the crime? You know, lock him up. That's nasty. It is. First of all, first of all, like you said, he's a milk drinker. Secondly, he didn't use a cup. Thirdly, he didn't ask permission. Fourthly, he had to be called out like a child. I don't know what else to tell you, Matthew. White people are disgusting. Wash your legs. Wash your legs. Wash your legs. Maybe cut back on the milk. (laughs) Stop drinking milk and wash your fucking legs. Use a seasoning. God damn it. I mean, if you got like six Oreos, maybe get a mug so you can dunk. You know, I get that. I get that. Too spicy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Robin. Spicy. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) There was an episode of Teen Titans. Go where uh, all the other Teen Titans uh, are enjoying like hot sauce and uh-huh. you know hot peppers and stuff like that. And Robin, who is the blandest of bland people on this yeah. show, he boiled a pot of potatoes and he was like, now watch everybody, I can make it spicy too. And he gets a salt shaker and shakes <laughs> out one little grain of salt. And he's like... <laughs> It's See, spicy. look at that. I kick it up a notch. And so he takes a sip of the broth, a.k.a. water, the hot ham soup. Um, and he, he goes, ooh, so spicy. And he falls on the ground. <laughs> on around. Oh, my God. This show is ridiculous. And as oh. I'm saying, I realize, yeah, they just probably stole that bit from Arrested Development. But that's okay. It's a cartoon. Funny. Yeah. All right. Moving on. I need to hear people's feedback on this milk thing. I need yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us. Tell us okay. what you guys think. <laughs> All right. Um, you put a you put a snackula story in here. What's this about? I did. Um, we need to check in on the Commonwealth of Massachusetts soon. Duncan is releasing spiked coffee and tea. Oh God. Yeah. Everybody's spiking their stuff. What's everybody's spiking their stuff? The Massachusetts-based coffee giant is planning on launching Duncan Spiced, a new line of hard iced coffee and hard iced teas. Oh. <laughs> so um, it's they received approval from uh, tobacco or alcohol and tobacco tax, whatever, in May, at, which means the canned adult canned specifically uh. adult beverages should be on shelves soon-ish. I imagine um, that this will be uh, confusing to the Tum Tum because, you know, you got coffee going in there. You got liquor. And, yeah, you know, people do pour a little something in their coffee from time to time, but a well, little this, something. This is going to this is gonna fuck you up. <laughs> this is the end of your day right here. If you go in Dunkin' Donuts and you do order not. a spiked mocha, that's it. That's your day. Don't do go not the leave day. your home if you no. do it. No, stay close to the bathroom because, yeah, yeah this is going to put your body through some changes. You know, yeah. um, they should sell this in grocery stores right next to the Metamucil because I imagine it will have the same effect. Yeah. That yeah. mm. <laughs> or you're going to be puking. Either way, it will come out with a vengeance. It's going to come out. Just, just let it happen. Just let it go. You made this choice to drink spiked coffee beverage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, both the 
ice coffee and or the iced teas and the iced coffees should be available in mixed packages that contain 12 ounce cans of each flavor. In addition, the Dunkin's spiked slightly sweet iced tea and original iced coffee may be sold in single flavor six packs. Wow. Uh, the alcohol content it says appears to be um, five percent for the teas and six percent for the coffees. Oh, well, you know, you got to kick it up for the coffee. You yeah. got to kick it so up. So they will be available in sw- uh, the teas will be slightly sweet and half and half dragon fruit, strawberry dragon fruit, sorry, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mango pineapple. And then the coffees will be original caramel, uh, mocha, and vanilla. Now, Lex, I know you don't drink anymore, and I guess I can say the same thing for myself. I'm more of a horticulturist now. Yeah. Um, what during your time uh, as someone who enjoyed alcoholic beverages, did you ever Perhaps enjoy a too much? Anyway, continue. <laughs> Were you ever a drinker of the spiked variety of things, like a, a Mike's Hard Lemonade or a, a White Claw or something like that? I um, <coughs> I had some Truly ciders at one point and enjoyed those okay. for a bit. That was, okay. I don't, there was, there was like a couple, like I would get like the packs of mixed ones and try different ones because I like <clears throat> um, spicy water. I did yes. enjoy those from time to time. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So the spike seltzer, that sort of thing, that that's kind of your motif. Um, when, when I was someone who drank on the weekends, yeah. uh, I, I drank what some would describe as girly beverages, and I call them beverages that I don't give a fuck what your cultural norms are because they're fucking delicious. Yes, that's we're how I was. Amaretto Stone Sours. We're talking fucking sidecars. We're talking that type of thing. A I'm mojito? Really, are you a kidding mojito. me? A, me a, a mojito. A Moscow mule, if you a will. A Moscow you know? mule? That was my go-to. That was my go-to. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I, I don't really give a fuck <laughs> about those gender norms yeah, uh, in, in regards to the drinking stuff, uh, because if it's tasty, it's going in me. But um, I don't I really have a taste that people that. who drink straight whiskey or whatever, or like on the rocks or, or things of that nature, just need like a good hug. They because do. Someone they do. You. They need a warm hug. Or they need some NyQuil to knock them out because yeah. they're they're hurting deep on the inside. Yeah. Now yeah. I can be pretentious about my drinks too, as you know. I take my coffee black. I don't put any other bullshit in there because I feel like I'm better than ever. No, because I do it for my my upper respiratory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go in the opposite direction and I want a sweet treat. That is how yeah. I consume my coffee. You and your friends who enjoy your coffee-flavored milkshakes, by all means, have at it. As for me and my home, well, I can't say that because Dee loves her a frappuccino. As for me, I like a black coffee. Yeah. Just like I like myself. (laughs) (laughs) I like my coffee like I like myself. Black. Yes, yes, that that right there is a T-shirt. Put it on one. Let's do it. Yeah. Yes. I, no, I cannot legally do that. But. <laughs> yeah, you're going. To, you're going to model this shirt. We're going to have you on the oh side. This yeah. is like you, you and Kayla just ha ha. It's like the black. It's like the Black Panther. The reason that you ended up modeling it because. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Featured in this image, I, Lex and her roommate model the new shirt. I literally, I would be so scared to even wear a shirt like that because mm. people who don't know me would be like, why the fuck is she wearing that shirt? And I'd be like, fair enough. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Like, I, hey, you know, hard times. I had to get this from Goodwill. Then they what didn't what am I going to say in response? My best friend is black. They'll be like, the fuck did you just say? Right, like, right. Oh, bad no. excuse. They're going to slowly start reaching from behind their back and come out with a steel chair like, wait, what did you say now? Yeah, do it. (laughs) I'm rooting for everyone black. I am too. And, you know, the Montgomery, Alabama situation. Oh, man. That video. Those guys have been arrested. The white boys have been arrested. Thank God. They have been arrested. They 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 were ganging up on that guy. He was just doing his fucking job. There has been so much context added that just makes it look worse and worse for the perpetrators. You know, um, 
quick rundown because because it's gone viral, but sometimes I I have had Simon reach out to us of like UK listeners might not necessarily know everything that's going Uh, on. We do have UK listeners now. Thanks guys. Um, So there was this whole situation where um, in Alabama, a, you know, a black man was working on the docks, like guiding people um, to like properly dock their boats or whatever. A couple of white boys got mad for some fucking reason about that. They ganged up on the guy and then everyone else seemed to come out of the woodworks and it became like, you know, an entire whole brawl. Yeah. Uh, And it was some white boys getting their ass kicked and it was beautiful. So, okay. Just to to give a little bit more context there. Um, yes, more the gentleman who was on the dock, he was actually the captain of the boat, the Harriet too. He was the co-captain of the boat and he had, uh, come, come to the dock to try to convince the, uh, the white family to move their boat, which is blocking this huge party ferry uh, from parking okay. in the appropriate spot. And so I misunderstood. He, I thought he was working on the dock, like guiding people. Like that was his whole fucking job. Right. I can see because his uniform, it did look like he yeah. was a dock worker. I completely understand. Uh, and a lot of people made that mistake too, but he called into several radio shows and kind of clarified cut what was going out, on. But I said, cut it out. Cut <laughs> <everything> out. <laughs> well, I think it's important because, you know, like, like I said, no, there's a right. lot of like just – I just watched the videos. I did not watch. I didn't look into anything else. I watched the videos. I went, those guys are being fucking assholes and ganging up on him. Right. And everybody, look, let me tell you, they deserve what they had coming to them. It was Uh, racially charged. Like they were like, they, they were like, this guy is telling us what to do. We're mad about it. He, you know. Yeah. You can look at the body language and see. Like they were being assholes, but then they hit that gentleman first and then yeah. it was on after yeah, that. Yeah, and they rolled up the way that they approached him, they were ready to fight. Like that's they, what I'm saying. They wanted that, that. That body language wasn't like, okay, we're just trying to figure this out. It was like, no, we're right. You need to get out of our way, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah. when that all went down, every black person in the vicinity came to help out. We'd seen enough. It was fantastic. This man threw his hat in the air like he was ready to go. He was like, I'm not about to just lay down and let you do whatever my, you need to do. My favorite guy is the one who jumped in the water <laughs> and swam yeah. over. So this 16-year-old young man who was working on the boat as part of the crew, he saw something going on with his captain, and he jumped off the boat, swam over to the fight, and got into the mix and protected his people. Come on. So people found out, and this is some of the context I found out too. Folks found out who he was. They found his social medias and they saw he had a cash app. People started flooding his cash app with like tips, like $5 here, $5 oh, there. I love that. Yeah. And it was just such a blessing. His family had to put out a press release and just thank people for the outpouring of, of kindness and, and thanking them and saying, all right, we're going to give him some time to just kind of calm down now, you know, no interviews or nothing like that, but this is yeah. us saying thank you, let's move on. Um, so that was real classy, you know, and the memes, God, the memes. The memes have been just top notch. Yeah, and then people like making shirts immediately and immediately. recreating <laughs> it. It was insane. It was it wonderful. Really it yeah. felt like old Twitter. Every Everybody who I've encountered has seen that video has just reminisced with just pride about how these people handled it and how they like stuck up for one another, didn't let themselves get rolled over. As it turns out, and this is the cherry on top of the story, as it turns out, um, the people in the wrong, uh, they have a convenience store. And this convenience store had a history of being rude to black people. Of course. And now they've been exposed on a national scale. So of course their Yelp reviews are getting blown mm-hmm. up and the Google reviews are getting blown up. People are calling, people are showing up, stuff like that. You know, nothing violent or anything like that, but just letting them know what you're doing is not cool. And uh, we don't stand for that. So, yeah. Yeah, you you shouldn't uh, be rewarded for being a racist asshole. Right. And I really don't see how they could even deny that they're racist based off of all of their actions. And 
you know, I'm like, well, fuck around and find out. Try that in a small town has had the sharpest decline from number one on the charts in the history of the charts. I saw that today as well. Something to make you smile as you go home. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Good will prevail, guys. That's right. Just keep on believing that. Keep on fighting for what's right. Yeah, Uh, with a chair if you need to. Keep your chair by your side. If you'd like to see some training footage, I have decades of, of, of video, instructional video that I can refer you to. It's all on Peacock. Oh no. Um oh, Professor no. No. Professor Steve no. Austin, no. uh 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 Mick Foley, Dwayne Johnson, uh they, they put on a master class no. at how to properly wield no. a folding chair. This is not a wrestling podcast. No. <laughs> That's right, everybody. Thank you for listening to WrestleCast. This is Matt Peters with my tag team partner, Lex Lutz. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our actual show. Um, yes. This is the last episode, but <laughs> this is we, the second time we had a good day. run. <laughs> uh, but I've had enough. Yes. And I am tired. I am tired physically. I am tired emotionally. That's okay. I That's am tired. Right. Well, folks, tune in next week to see if I can convince Lex to be on the show again, or if we're going to change the We'll see. We'll We'll see. see. The surprise Um, will be on all of us. Yeah. Please go also subscribe to Written and Directed By, uh, a new podcast that I have where we are covering films written and directed by a particular director going through their entire catalog. And we are starting with Quentin Tarantino. And Mm. by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, this episode, the first episode of that podcast will be out Monday. So, yeah. yeah, go listen to it. We're talking about Reservoir Dogs. Ooh, you can it. find that. Um, I think it's at written directed by on Instagram. Yeah. We follow it, so be you on go all on your that favorite that, podcasters. Yeah, yeah find it through them, through mm-hmm. us. All right, folks. Well, again, thank you for listening. As always, I'm Matt Peters, and I'm Lex Lutz, and I do not like wrestling. And be like, yeah, yeah, excellent. I just, I just, I just wanted to rub it in a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> that was not being excellent to each other. I retract. I retract <laughs> it. As much as I hate it, I retract it. You know why? Because we need to be excellent to each other. That's true. So do that. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>